Chapter Forty Two of Half a Century by Jane Grey Swisshelm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Religious Controversies. The St. Cloud Democrat found in Orthodoxy a foe almost as powerful and persistent as slavery itself. In a local controversy about dancing, I recommended that amusement as the only substitute for lascivious plays, and this was eagerly seized upon by those who saw nothing wrong in wholesale concubinage of the South. A fierce attack was made on the Democrat by a zealous Baptist minister, to which I replied when it was announced and proclaimed that on a certain Sabbath at 10 a.m. this minister would answer the Democrat. At the appointed hour the house overflowed and people crowded around the doors and windows, while General Lowry occupied a prominent seat in the audience. It surely was an odd sight to see that preacher mount the stand, carrying an open copy of the Democrat, lay it down beside the Bible, and read verse about from the two documents. The sermon was as odd as the text. It disposed of me by the summary mode of denunciation, but also disposed of David, Solomon, and Miriam at the same time. When I gave the discourse a careful scriptural criticism, I carried the community and was strengthened by the controversy. But another more serious and general dispute was at hand. When Theodore Parker died, the Orthodox press from Maine to Georgia handed him over to Satan to be tormented, and then my reputation for heresy reached its flood-tide. Reverend John Renwick, one of our Covenanter martyrs, was my ideal of a Christian, and when he lay in the Edinburgh prison under sentence of death, his weeping friends begged him to conform and save his life. They said to him, Didn't he think that we, who have conformit, may be saved? Aye, aye, God forbid that I should limit his grace and didn't ye think ye too could be saved and conform oh ay ay the blood of christ cleanseth frae all sin weel what mair do ye want than the salvation of your soul mair mickle mair i want to honour my master and bear witness to the truth to satisfy this want he died a felon's death the central idea of that old hero-making westminster theology was that man's chief end is to glorify God first and enjoy him forever when that is done. In all the religious training of my youth, I had never heard the term seek salvation. We were to seek the privilege of serving God, yet I was willing to be dead-headed into heaven with the rest of the Presbyterians. A Protestant Episcopal convention had pointedly refused to advise members of that church to respect the marriage relation among their slaves, and so had dimmed the Elizabethan glory of a church which once stood for freedom so nobly that the winds and waves became her allies and crowned her with victory. The General Assembly had laid the honor of its martyrs in the dust by endorsing human slavery, and I must be false to every conviction if I did not protest against calling that Christianity which held out crowns of glory to man-thieves and their abettors, and everlasting torments to those who spent their lives glorifying God and bearing witness to the truth. My defense of Parker, an unwillingness to have all Unitarians sent to the other side of the great gulf, won for me a prominent place among those whom the churches pronounced infidels. 
but there came a time when providence seemed to be on the side of the slave rev j calhoun was a highly cultured gentleman a presbyterian clergyman and one of those urbane men who add force and dignity to any opinion his wife was general lowry's only sister he preached gratuitously in st cloud and border ruffianism and slavery gained respectability through their connection when he and his wife made that fatal plunge off the bridge in st cloud a plunge which sent a thrill of horror through the land i accompanied my sympathetic respectful obituary notice with the statement that the costly cutter wrecked and the valuable horse instantly killed were both purchased with money obtained by the sale of a woman and her child who had been held as slaves in minnesota in defiance of her law and been taken by this popular divine to a tennessee auction block the accident was entirely owing to the unprecedented and unaccountable behaviour of that horse and people shuddered with a new horror on being reminded of the price which had been paid for him bodies and souls of two citizens and the honour of that free state End of chapter forty two